Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and oilseed and fibre markets. I'm Olivia Agar, thanks for tuning in to episode 212. Both sheep and cattle markets have undergone a pretty considerable correction, with some categories of stock now priced at levels we haven't seen in years. So today we've gathered the troops, Ron Rutledge and Adam Mountjoy from Nutrien Ag Solutions are joining Robert Herman and myself to share an update on the current situation, what's driving prices down and to talk through some of the opportunities in this market. We'll get straight to the episode today, which was recorded on Friday the 2nd of December. Well, thanks, Liv. And we are coming today with this really special report because the livestock markets are showing a lot of volatility and there's a lot of questions being asked out there at the moment. And to uh, get to the bottom of it, we're firstly going to hear from you, Liv, but we're also going to bring in Adam Mountjoy, who is the uh, Livestock and Wool Manager for Nutrium for the Southeast uh, region, and Ron Rutledge, who is the Livestock Development Manager for the same region. So they're the guys who are on the field. But Liv, before we get too far into what's happening out in the field, just tell us what the numbers are. And let's start with sheep first. Yeah, it was a, a really big turnaround in the market this week, Rob. So if you're looking at sheep, uh, the mutton price fell 29% this week down to the indicator being at 325 cents per kilo carcass weight. So if we look at that sort of movement over the last four weeks, it's down by about 180 cents. And a year-on-year comparison, it's down by a bit over 300 cents year-on-year. And then turning to to lamb, um, this week trade lamb indicator dropped 9% on the East Coast. And again, taking that back to a, a four-week price movement, it's down 115 cents or year-on-year year, 161 cents lower. Well, they're really big moves, Liv. Can, can you just tell us, before we cross to Adam and Ron, um, you know, the MLA AWI producer intentions report says that we've got a fair few sheep expected to come through in the November to June period um, ahead of us now. Yeah, so this survey result was just released last week and it looks at the the number of lambs that were um, marked, also producers said in the, the October survey. And comparing to last year, there was about 10% more lambs marked in this period uh, compared to last year. Uh, and suggests that there's a lot more lambs to be offloaded from November to June next year compared to last season. Now, Adam, um, I want to bring you in here because we're we're really conscious that at Mercado we do get a lot of data and we pull it all together. But uh, what really uh, matters is what happens out in the field, in the yards, and uh, in those negotiations you're having with um, processors all the time. What can you shed? What light can you shed on this situation, Adam? Well, good afternoon, uh, Rob and Olivia, and uh, thanks for having us on here this afternoon. Um, firstly, Rob, yeah, we uh, we're certainly in a uh, in a path at the moment that is seeing a lot of lambs come forward on the marketplace now. Uh, some of the main issues are in the field when when our agents are out um, assessing these lambs in the field. Really, we're we're only attaining some twenty percent of lambs that are uh, actual slaughterable types. So we're seeing an increased number of uh, inferior product lambs, which are in uh, invariably store lambs. So um, 
some of the analogies I wanted to really draw with the market at the moment is is to really paint the picture, I guess, of of where the uh, store lamb market sits, uh, as opposed to uh, slaughterable lambs. Um, you know, when we get back into the uh, into the new year season, we have the opportunity to put lambs onto stubbles or background and improve our product. And uh, you know, typically those lambs will hit the market in uh, in April and May. Um, so I'd asked Olivia this morning to run a few numbers for us, which has uh, painted a really interesting picture. Um, at the moment, um, you know, we see a real downturn in the um, in the store lamb indicator. So the restock of lamb indicator currently sits at 593 cents. And if we turn our minds back to uh, the same month last year in November, um, that indicator was at 924 cents. So it's some 36% lower year on year, um, which is a massive downturn, obviously. Um, keeping in mind the five-year average for um, for the, the restocker indicator in November uh, would typically sit at 789 cents. Um, so once again, um, that's almost 200 cents difference uh, to where we sit right at the moment in no, at uh, the end of November. Um, going forward, what opportunity does that paint for us and, uh, and the network um, having a, a breeder business um, that's uh, receptive now, unfortunately, to these lower rates of, uh, of restocker lambs? Um, what it does is we can run the numbers on historical data that can paint the picture for us for when that supply will, uh, in fact, turn into, uh, into trade lambs. And um, the trade lamb period for April and May next year um, the five-year average on a on a trade lamb indicator for uh, for April and May slaughter is around 760 cents. Um, you know that's uh, that, that's a pretty attractive uh, number to aim for uh, when the current restocker market sits sub 600. So um, I see a real upside there uh, and potential, um, and we we need to call it that, Rob, because uh, we don't have a uh, an end user agreement in place. But uh, historical data shows us that um, certainly those slaughterable lambs, as we uh, approach uh, the Easter period and into uh, into May, uh, has typically been well north of 700 cents, which is encouraging. So really explaining that the, the difference at the moment um, between the, the current restock of land price and the uh, April-May average over the last five years in carcass weight terms sits at about 170 cents variance. So uh, to me, that, that lends to a fair bit of uh, upside and, uh, and should lend a little confidence to, uh, to the people in the field that, uh, that can actually handle, uh, handle lamps to turn out, shear and, uh, and bring back in in the new year, Rob. I think that's a really positive point to make, Adam. And and just before I switch over to Ron, I just want to, I mean, one of the questions that, um, you know, the, the people in the field will be having is, so so what's caused all this? What's the what's driving this big move that we've seen that, that in your view, after speaking to process, and I know you've been speaking to people every day, so are you hearing anything or is it a combination of things or is it uh, is it just that the market was going to have a correction at some stage? Oh, that, that's a good point, Rob. And I mean, the the, um, the the correction certainly has occurred. And um, you know, has the market been too dear over a longer period of time? Maybe. Um, however, if we do look at some of the the numbers that lives produced this morning, um, you know, our slaughter rates uh, are in fact up um, year to date. So uh, that's encouraging. That tells us that you know, the product has been been able to be shifted in the past. Um, as we're sort of coming into this period now, and we see the massive decline, as we say, in mutton values. Um, that's that's quite concerning as it to come back as quickly as it has um, and that's uh, you know the space that the mutton con mutton consumes on the on the kill chain um, is, is similarly married by the uh, by, by the downturn in the goat pricing Rob and we would remember back in the winter the goat price was Absolutely. exceptional and and um, you know really the uh, 
the downturn in goat commodity price now um, is, is, is being closely followed by the mutton market. So it's something I haven't drawn an analogy to before, but it is consistent over the years. So uh, we do see that downturn in goat value. It's driven mutton through the through the floor, so to speak. Um, you know, it really lends an opportunity there also from a backgrounding operation um, in uh, in the space of mutton. So um, there's certainly um, you know, placement issues uh, from the uh, processing sector. We are talking to them regularly. Um, and um, yeah, their concerns are, um, you know, the value of their product now going forward into uh, into their market space. Um, and, um, you know, the inability to place uh, product usually um, once the uh, Thanksgiving season is over in the in the States, uh, the, uh, the orders had continued to flow, um, but they certainly haven't seen that yet out of the American market particularly. And locally, Rob, um, you know, we've hardly hit barbecue season yet uh, for a domestic product. Um, you know, we've barely had a day over 30 degrees in the South uh, for any time. So uh, we haven't seen any of those real spring uh, lamb campaigns um, hit the airwaves as yet neither. So uh, everything is somewhat delayed. Um, my, my take is uh, it should create an opportunity. Now, the, the biggest, uh, that, that's that's great. Thanks, Adam. The biggest move really, or the one that's been the most disappointing this year probably has been the mutton price and the sheep price. And I noticed Angus Brown in uh, last week's uh, sheep article noted that um, while, you know, while there is some downturn in overseas demand, we wouldn't be alarmed at it generally at this stage. But what hasn't been there, Ron, has been um, restocker demand. You know, the, we, our, our supply of mutton to the market is on par with last year, and yet the price is, uh, you know, well down, as Olivia pointed out. Ron, do you think um, we're going to see that restocker demand come in, and should farmers be lining up and having a look at these sheep prices? Oh, well, thanks. Uh, yeah, good afternoon all. Um, Rob, I think we've, we've been given a massive opportunity. We haven't seen the procurement of mutton um, from a restocker point of view like this for many years. And with the feed that's actually finally eventuated, it's very long, tall grass, particularly in the build-up areas um, and even in the cropping areas. Um, a mutton sheep obviously adapts to some of this climate very, very well uh, because of their digestibility and their ability to intake some of the roughage of the feed. And I think just the price that it's got to, um, the price of mutton has got to a point that they're as good a buying as any. I was with a meat wholesaler this morning and he told me, um, yes, there is a bit of a backlog of mutton, but keeping in mind the cheapest protein source of all is still mutton. So, you know, there's you've only got to see a dollar a kilo rise on this current trend and there's a good opportunity to be gained by procuring some of these mutton and putting them out. And you really, they're easy care because they're adult sheep. They've got all the, you know, all the faculties about them ready to go and they're not like a lamb that might struggle a little. Uh, an older sheep is probably best suited some of the terrain we've got and the feed we've got at the moment, Rob. And also this time of the year, Ron. Yeah, well, I mean, quite simply, we've got the we've got the the, the plates have lined up to this lateness of the spring that we're all enjoying um, through southern Australia, and of course, the northern Australia is starting to access a lot of roads and uh, shearing sheds as well. So that's brought a, a cascadement of uh, mutton both north and south. So it's the, it's the parallels the same. Keeping in mind, we probably should have seen this in sort of October, November. So that's some of the signature problems that we're seeing. We're seeing a big build-up of mutton in both north and south, and the processing ability of uh, some of this mutton is, is difficult at the moment just with the price of lamb. And, of course, we turn into the new year. We've got a holiday break nearly for one week of the year, one week between Christmas and New Year this year. So we lose a week of processing. But, you know, we look at some of these religious festivals that are coming up, the sourcement and uh, ability of overseas and countries to, to cure some of our mutton 
probably a big, big trend as we go forward into the year with these religious festivals, i.e. Ramadan and the like. So the meat processors are, are yes, certainly concentrating on the procurement of lamb where the price is and the contractual part of the lamb season. But we've probably overlooked mutton for a few years, but I think there's no doubt about it. At the moment, mutton is a very good option to take a principal stand. And uh, and I'll, I recommend any of our people in the field to, to try and reflect on where that mutton market's at. Yes, well, today uh, on Commodity Conversations, we're talking to Ron Rutledge and Adam Adam uh, Mountjoy from Nutrien, and the information that you guys have from the field is absolutely vital. Let's just switch gears now and have a look at the cattle because, um, you know, unfortunately we're talking about pretty big movements in the cattle price as well, Liv. Yeah, and that's been happening for a few weeks now, Rob. So if you turn to the Eastern Young Cattle Indicator, this week we've seen a 5% drop-off in price and it's down at around 876 cents per kilogram carcass weight, which is pretty far from where it was just a couple of weeks ago. So turning back four weeks, it was 143 cents higher than it is now and year-on-year 231 cents higher. So you know, it, it's getting to the point where it's close to the levels we saw, um, you know, across winter when we had that FMD scare uh, and the market plummeted. We're at about those levels now. So, uh, yeah, quite a downturn in cattle prices as well. The difference, of course, is that in the winter, throughput was fairly tight, whereas now we're in the, you know, throughput is building up. Yeah, exactly. So we we do usually see, um, you know, a seasonal trend of increasing yardings through November and December, and that's been appearing. Um, so if you look at, uh, you know, weekly yardings over the last few uh, four weeks on the East Coast, there's been 35% more cattle than the same period last year. So that's been one of the driving factors behind this price decline as well. Just before we get um, Adam and Ron's thoughts, um, what about uh, beef prices? We, we quite often quote the 90CL beef price. What's it been doing and, and how does it relate to the cattle price now? Yeah, so that frozen 90CL, it's, you know, it's our major beef export for Australia that goes into the US. Um, and we know the issues with demand at the cheaper end of the market often show up in that 90CL price. So over the last few weeks, we have seen the 90CL price drop off as well. But on the positive side, the Eastern Young Cattle Indicator still is at a strong, um, smaller, but still a strong premium to the 90CL. So so some of the reports out of the, the US have been that there's a bit of lacklustre demand for Australian beef, um, and that's in part driven by the lower domestic prices. So um, that's good live coming from, uh, you know, the Mercado analysis. But Ron, I know I was talking to you um, yesterday, I think, and you were talking quoting prices out of Narracourt for feeder steers and that. Just give us a bit of an idea of what sort of pricing we're seeing at the moment. Oh well, there's no doubt we've seen a you know a, a price correction. Um, some may say it's probably a bit greater than everybody thought, and uh, we probably think with the seasonality that we've got, you know, why is this happening? It's happening in a couple of quarters that uh, there's been a lot of heavy cattle uh, within the system, so hence the feeder market stroke the the particular service um, program beef markets have, have been inundated with heavy beef. Um, so that has now got to happen, ha- ha- has to reflect back into the restocker market. Uh, at our court yesterday, you know, we saw probably a, a dollar a kilo correction on some of the lighter, lighter mid-weight backgrounding calves, 350 kilo uh, steers uh, to go into northern New South Wales, $5.30 to $5.40. Um, that's a, a substantial correction. But, you know, if you're buying and selling on the same market and you happen, happen to have lifted your cattle previous to this time, 
um, it's a pretty good exchange. Now, if you haven't lifted at this time, there's going to be a portion of people say, well, let's hold them because of the seasonality. But I think the processes are all commenting. There's a lot of heavy cattle uh, in the system. And we haven't had this economic cycle in Australia before with the north and south being with so consistent with feed. And uh, that's caused, obviously, people to keep cattle to a longer period, get more weight. Uh, on the feedlotting sector, there's a lot of feedlots waiting for new season's grain to enter, which they haven't been able to do because of the, obviously, obviously wet weather. Uh, a lot of feedlotters have had to go back and buy deer grain. So there's been a, a whole market correction, let's say, uh, and a, a reflection of price. But there again, we lose another week of processing over this Christmas New Year period. And uh, let's just see whether we can get a bit of a bounce and, and, and get back to a sort of a, a, a price that everyone would say that's quite acceptable. Probably at the moment, people are a little disappointed, but you know it just is where it is at the moment. And uh, we're going to have to see a bit more guidance in the cattle industry going forward. So, Adam, looking looking at opportunity, well, we we know that there are challenges in trying to sell stock at these stages, but that would translate, in my opinion, to opportunities as well. And especially with the sort of seasons we're having, where do you see some of the opportunities, Adam? Uh, Rob, yeah, at the moment, um, I really see the opportunity in the price variation between between uh, the female cattle and, and the steers. So, um, yeah, there's um, not that we've seen massive yardings of heifers just yet hit the market, but the ones that we have seen come forward are, are certainly um, achieving, you know, almost 15% or $300 less than their steer brothers. So, um, yeah, I see that as an opportunity. And really at the moment, um, um, you know, we're seeing these autumn drop calves hitting the market. They're hitting the market with weight. Um, so, you know, we're seeing once again, uh, you know, averages um, from the, the lead drafts, the calves being 350 kilos plus, um, certainly approaching 400. And, you know, I've just been at a sale here today in, uh, in Victoria. Um, you know, steer, steer wieners at 400 kilos are still commanding $2,000, um, which is great. And I guess to give any confidence to the producers out there that um, uh, at the moment, if you can hang on uh, any kilo, it's going to be worth somewhere circa $5. And uh, in anyone's terms, I think that's pretty good money. Um, uh, we've got the ability to hang on a lot of weight. And um, in the next uh, in the next six weeks, when we uh, we enter the January wiener calf uh, selling season in, uh, in the first weeks of January, um, which is now only a month away, um, you know, I think we'll, we'll be met with some outstanding quality um, cattle hitting the market. And uh, if, uh, if the heifers uh, do continue to trend that 15 to 20% behind their steer brothers, uh, I think that's where the opportunity is to get yourself back into some, uh, some great quality females. Well, it's a, that's a really good point, Adam. We have seen that over the years where, where heifers have been a great investment because you, you've got a, a number of different options. You can go with those cattle, isn't there? Well, that's right. We've got the, uh, the the feeder opportunity, as Ron alluded to earlier, and uh, and certainly the longer term game of uh, of taking them out and, uh, and and putting them in the breeding programs. And the breeding programs these days are, are so diverse, um, you know, from the retention and sell local through to uh, you know, joining to uh, to you know, maybe wagyu size or something to hit a, a different market, particularly in the north. And um, I think that uh, yeah, the, the season and the the weight. Um, these cattle will come home and uh, be easily um, taken home to uh, to be joinable, certainly uh, in, in the May-June period, which um, I think uh, would be a pretty smart investment. So we're seeing um, in the figures, at least, we're seeing that um, finished stock, so whether it's, it's the heavier lambs or the heavier cattle, seem to have held their prices better than the other stock. Is that what you're seeing when you're talking to the processes as well? 
Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly in the lamb space, uh, Rob. Yeah, as I said earlier, some of our our agents are going out on farm and um, and and assessing livestock on farm, drafting for markets or or for abattoirs, etc., and weighing up um, the, the stock on farm. And unfortunately, uh, the stock aren't weighing with us, and uh, and they're certainly not yielding with us on a lot of occasions. And uh, you know, it's not uncommon to go out and uh, and only find ten to twenty percent of the uh, the stock that are presented on farm that are actually slaughterable types. So that tells me, you know, when we get to the market centres that uh, you know, the the heavier end are certainly being sought after by the processors because they're simply not seeing the consistency and quality that we have seen in other years and uh, the producers have been duly rewarded for the finished article um, and that's no different in the cattle space neither um, but I will say in the cattle space, we are seeing now a lot of heavier cattle coming forward and finished cattle with the with the rank feed that is now starting to develop, um, that those kilos are hung on pretty swiftly. And um, it's probably a different space in the cattle space because uh, they, they, they are very, very prime cattle out there at the moment. So I know we haven't, none of us have got a crystal ball, um, but, you know, what I'm hearing from, from both you, Ron and Adam, is that, you um, you know, this is a this is a serious price correction, and you know, there's no quick getting away from that. But um, we are coming off what has been a sustained period of high prices, um, and those high prices come about because of the demand for our products. We don't see any fundamental disappearance of that demand. So, can we be looking forward with a bit of confidence to next year? Most definitely, uh, Rob. I uh, I do look forward to uh, to a confident year next year and i mean if we're looking at the um the procurement methods at the moment the uh, the pricing of the stock that uh, that uh, producers are able to put away so uh, our turnover clientele out there that are, that are procuring stock at the moment to put away or at, at record levels uh, in in the doldrums let's say or in the lower end of the scale um it's uh, it looks like a uh, an opportunity for a fair bit of upside in 2023 so ron we know that that trading game is really about putting on weight of course, no one wants to lose money, but we're in a situation where we can put on weight. What's your take on the opportunity? Oh, my take is that as we progress further into the year, we'll be finding that uh, the sourcement of cattle will will obviously be harder and harder. I think prime stock will be the key to where we're at at the moment. Um, these weaners will represent good opportunity both in, both in cattle and in lambs. You know, lambs are going to uh, be a good opportunity. You're going to have to wait a little bit. There's going to be a slow process. But the valuation of being an agent and doing an agent's job correctly for the next six months uh, will be a very important facet of where the industry sits. Our connectivity with our processes, both feedlotters, processes and the whole food chain will be very, very important for the next six months. We, In some respects, we have been able to get away with it because the value has been so good. But I think the agency network will be very valuable over the next six months to procure good outcomes for our customers. Well, I think um, the, the real value that I've got out of today is that um, th these these are the times, you know, the testing times when, uh, you know, the old story, when, when things get tough, the tough get going. And uh, the information that both you and Ron Adam have supplied today um, is really, really valuable. It also should encourage our staff in the networks to, um, you know, have some confidence that, uh, you know, these issues aren't something that just gets swept away. There are people working hard on them. We're coming to you with information. We're working hard on building markets and uh, and they should be reaching out to you guys whenever possible. That's for sure, Rob. We're here to help. Well, thanks very much. Thanks, Liv, for organising this special occasion. And, um, you know, let's watch what happens, but let's, uh, you know, remember that we're in an industry where, you know, there's some real opportunities and today 
Adam and Ron, I thank you very much for outlining some of those. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Olivia.